Listen for God as we read from Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Professor Amy Jill Levine is a peculiar person. By faith, she is Jewish, but she has devoted her life to studying the New Testament, the Christian scriptures and written many books about Jesus. She teaches at Vanderbilt University as well as at the Vanderbilt Divinity School, a Christian seminary. She's written these many books about Jesus and what he had to say and what he did in his life and what that was all about. Her newest book is this one, Sermon on the Mount, A Beginner's Guide to the Kingdom of Heaven. In your outline, I put Kingdom of God, but it should be Kingdom of Heaven. It's published by the United Methodist Publishing House, Abington. It's fascinating to me that she is a faithful Jew and yet spends all this time elucidating the Christian scriptures for us and for others. She confesses that the first time she read through the Gospel of Matthew, she saw the subtitle sermon and thought that's going to be boring and went on right past it. But since then, she's come back, of course, and read and studied it extensively. She says since she's been studying it, she finds so much weighty material in it. She doubts that Jesus said all these things at one time. She says rather than Sermon on the Mount, maybe it should have been called a samplings of Jesus' greatest teachings. Or maybe the rabbi's greatest hits. She thinks it would have been better marketing and people wouldn't be skipping it like she did, thinking, oh, another boring sermon. I thought to myself, since the Bible is a bestseller, maybe we could use this title, the most famous sermon ever preached, for our sermon series beginning this year. I thought maybe it would get people's attention. The most famous sermon ever preached might be something that people would say, maybe I should pay attention Maybe I can learn something there. Maybe I should look a little closer. I hope that that was your response 
that I have your attention, that this sermon has your attention and you're ready to look deeply and closely at what God might say to you this year through this Sermon on the Mount. I hope you'll plan to be in worship every Sunday as we work our way through these different verses and chapters in the Gospel of Matthew. I hope you'll come to worship even though you're at your home or at a friend's home, maybe watching on television, a laptop, a phone. It does not matter. I hope you come expecting that God will speak to you this year. I believe God is ready, so let's go. Let's move deeper into this. This passage tells us that when Jesus began to teach, he began with blessings. He began by saying these lists of blessings. He does not begin with judgment or punishment. He does not tell us about the wrath of God. He tells us about the blessings of God. He says nine different times, naming nine different groups of people who are blessed by God. And then he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You can hear that Jesus sees the people who are listening in positive terms, that he believes they are loved by God, and he wants them to know that. Too often these days, Christianity is seen as primary a religion condemning other people, condemning whole groups of people. Now, it's true that none of us are perfect, so we don't earn or merit the love of God in that sense. But the Gospels say, what Jesus is saying today, is that before we do anything, God loves us. And that God wants to bless you. That God is at work in you to do good so that you might know the blessings of an abundant creation. Let me suggest to you today that as Christians, we start with God's love and grace, not our behavior. Theologically, that's a better place to start with God and God's love and grace. In fact, if we think about it, if we look back in the scriptures, how does the Bible start? That first book is Genesis it tells us about creation and how God created things and called them good. And then it gets to human beings and says that God created us. And remember what it says that God said, it is very good. It's not that we don't have room to grow. It's not that God might not want us to change. If we're being mean and unkind, if we're acting in unsavory ways, then certainly God wants us to do better and God wants to help us do better. But that's not where we start. We start with God's love and grace. Let me suggest to you the best place to start is with the biblical proclamation that God created you and God loves you. As a church, a few years ago, we put in writing our core values. The one we started with echoes what we're talking about here today. I've put it in your outline. We said it like this. Everyone is a beloved child of God, everyone. Then we also said a second core value was this, that we here at Boston Avenue see spiritual growth as a lifelong journey. So no matter where you have been, you're on the journey. Let 2021 be a journey closer to God, one where you experience the blessings of God. I'll be asking lots of questions in this series to help us Put ourselves in the story. I put one in your outline here. Where are you in your spiritual journey with Jesus? 
Amy Jill Levine says that disciples of Jesus, that word disciples, she says, has the indication of active learners, active listeners. So where are you in the story? Are you an active learner? Are you an active listener? Or are you more a passive listener? You're kind of paying attention, but kind of standing back. Or maybe if you looked at the story as we read it today, you located yourself in the crowd. You're watching, but from a distance, you're not quite sure you're ready to commit to this way that Jesus is talking about. Or maybe you are a follower and you said, oh, yes, I'm the one who's received the blessings of God. I know what Jesus is talking about. Or maybe you're one who said, I've been following Jesus for a long time. I've received the blessings for sure, but I've even had that opportunity to share the blessings I've come to know at the hand of God with others. I've been able to serve and love others in the name of Christ. The title of the sermon today, I put locating yourself on the blessings map. The idea that Jesus lays out all these different kinds of blessings and you imagine them as a map. Where are you located? Which one are you closest to? How do you see yourself in relationship to Jesus? Let us locate ourselves in these many blessings that Christ offers to us. Have you watched the television program called For Life? It's a true story based on a true story about a man who was innocent, but God convicted and put in prison for 10 years. Wrongly convicted, you understand. Finally, after having inadequate representation at his trial and at his appeals, he decided he's going to study the law and become a lawyer himself. And while he's in prison, he does his studies, he passes the bar, he becomes a lawyer. He begins to defend himself, to act as his own lawyer in this case. He also becomes the prisoner rep and begins to defend other inmates who also believe they've been wrongly convicted or still have appeals available, and he begins to help them too. After 10 years behind bars, he is exonerated finally by a court, by the judge, and he's released from prison. It looks like everything's going to be great. Finally, he's won his freedom. Ten years is such a long time. He is not the same person he was ten years ago. His wife is not the same person she was ten years ago. His little girl, when he went into prison, has now grown up and has a child of her own. And even though it's a great celebration that he finally is exonerated, he is struggling with knowing what his role is in these relationships and whether or not they can rebuild their life as a family, all the while trying to function as a lawyer and fight for justice. So we could ask, where does he fit into all of this? Where does he fit in? This is not a religious show that I'm telling you about per se, but it does demonstrate in a vivid way how our lives change over the course of time. Where are you this year? As I thought about where does he fit in, I thought, well, there's verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Certainly he has been humbled by the injustice done to him by the system. But I thought he could also fit in there in verse 4, blessed are those who mourn. Surely he has a lot to mourn, so much lost over those 10 years. 
all of it is to say there are different ways that we connect to Jesus, where we can connect with these blessings. He gives us nine different groups to consider, different ways to connect with one another. There's so many ways. This means there are so many different ways to connect with God. Where do you find God working in your life? That's the question as we move into these sermons, these different bits of teaching in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew as we move in to a new year. Certainly the overall theme, the central theme is that God is blessing us. Let me read to you a quote from the book that Professor Levine has written Hear what she says here. She says, Jesus is not telling us in these chapters how horrible we are. To the contrary, the Sermon on the Mount assures us that we are wondrous creatures with unlimited potential. We already have the gifts needed to live into the kingdom of heaven. Jewish tradition does not in general dwell on how broken we are, how sinful or how fallen. It teaches that all human beings are in the image and likeness of the divine. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We're being transformed evermore into the image of Christ. That is our Christian identity. That is the identity I hope that you're claiming this year in your own faith. It is a great place to start this year. Really a great place to start in a year. The good news here is that Jesus is telling us that God is in the blessing business. There are lots of blessings. There are plenty of blessings to go around. There are enough blessings so that you can be sure that you are included. Did you hear them here? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and other all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So many blessings. But then right after that long list of blessings, Jesus reminds us, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And then as he talks about what it means to be the light and how a lamp is lit and lights up a house, the very last verse we read, verse 16, he says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. Receive the blessings of God, but then share them with others. Tell others about the love of God that you know. Share the love of God and how you live your daily life. Spread this good news of God's blessings to others. Professor Levine tells the story of the Baptist evangelist Tony Campolo speaking to a group of Christians and saying there's nothing wrong with having a million dollars or earning a million dollars, he says to the crowd, I hope you all have that pleasure. He said, that's not the problem. The problem is if you earn it and you keep it. He says, the scriptures tell us clearly that if we have the world's goods and know that there are people in need but lack the compassion to share generously, 
then the love of God is not at work in us. How is God blessing you? How are you sharing those blessings with others? I hope you will make your identity in Christ a matter of prayer and reflection this week as you consider the year ahead. I hope as you look at your own life and think about the resources you have, the talents you've been given, maybe the time that you have available, how can you use those in the service of God, in the service of blessing others? Just as Jesus begins with this theology of blessing, it is a great place for us to begin when we think about our own lives and this coming year. Oh, I know we've been through terrible times, but we do not have to let the past dictate our future. 2021 can be a better year, and we can help make it so as we tune in to God and commit ourselves to be a follower of Christ. Let your light shine. I think I'll leave it there for this week. But I hope you'll be thinking about that. We'll pick this most famous sermon ever preached up next week as we learn more about how we live into the kingdom of heaven as a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen.
so great that we could be together for this hour. Next Sunday is the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. Normally on that Sunday evening, we host the Martin Luther King Commemoration Society's community-wide worship experience here in the sanctuary. Because of COVID-19, of course, we're not going to be holding that this year. The Commemoration Society has decided not to do that. In fact, no walkers or marchers and even in the parade on Monday morning. They'll have vehicles. Our bus will be there. But since there won't be other activities going on, we're going to provide a few things for you to help you mark this important occasion. One, we're going to be putting together a video for you that looks back across all the many years we've been participating in this event for decades. It'll share some of those celebrations with you. We also are planning a great event for next Sunday afternoon in the middle of the afternoon and outside north of the church in the park. There'll be some prayer stations set up. Reverend Sarah will be leading us in that. It'll be a come and go event, but it'll relate directly to race relations and uh, reconciliation and racial justice and all the things Dr. King spoke about and stood for. You can come and stay as long as you like. Uh, we're delighted to have you be a part of that. Then we'll also we're going to do a week full of our written devotions that will be focusing specifically on this topic. So we hope that that'll help you celebrate and commemorate this important man and the work of civil rights and racial justice that's still ongoing in our country today. We receive the benediction. Oh God, we thank you for your blessings so that our light might shine into the world so that others might know your glory alive in their lives. Amen.